it's time to take off on the Award Travel 101 podcast. Helping you maximize your travel rewards, no matter your destination or budget. Now here are your hosts, Award Travel 101 Community Managers, Angie Sparks and Joseph Petrovic, to help you do extraordinary things on Ordinary Money. And we're back for another episode of the Award Travel 101 podcast. My name is Joseph Petrovic, and I have Angie Sparks with me. Hey, Angie. Hey, Joe. How are you doing today? I'm splendid. It's been kind of crazy and busy, so we'll jump right into crazy and busy. Yeah. We've got some news <laughs> and enhanced offers, and the biggest uh, exciting news is we have a new Sapphire offer to share with people. I know. Um, so it's been in branch for about the past month, I think, that you could go into a Chase branch and apply with the banker, and you could get an 80,000-point sub versus the public offer and our affiliate link and whatnot, which is only 60K. Then it started, you know, and usually when these things happen when they're in branch, we know eventually we'll get the offer. But, um, you know, in the meantime, you're waiting and you're waiting and you, that's the best card, the card we recommend the most. Um, so it kills us to know that there's a better offer coming, but it's not here yet. So, um, yes, it launched April 20th. We're pretty darn excited about it. And you can also refer, if you have a card, you can refer your P2 for it and the referral sign up bonus has gone up. So, yay. That's a big, yeah, if you, uh, happen to have a two player mode and that's what, uh, Andrew was referring to with the P2. And you have another person in your household, you can certainly refer each other to generate extra points. If you don't have more than one of these in your house or have one at least in your household already, uh, we'll share a link in the show notes. And what would okay. you do with some of these? Eh? What, what are some of the ideas of what people could do? And why do you say that the Sapphire Preferred is the best card to start with? Um, so... First of all, the main reason why is because you want to fill out your Chase portfolio first because of their whole dumb 524 rule, where if you have opened five cards from any bank in the past 24 months, you are not eligible for another Chase card. Secondly, though, um, the Chase Sapphire Preferred has really decent earning on everyday spending that you're doing. It also has a host of airline transfer partners, and it transfers to Hyatt. I know your favorite use of these. Not mine. I use it mostly for United and for Southwest. Um, but it has built in travel protections. You know, arguably the city premier card is a better earning card because it earns three X on dining, travel, gas, grocery, but it has no travel protections whatsoever. So, you know, if you have an annual travel policy for your family, then maybe you don't care about that. But I prefer not to have an annual travel policy. And I just rely on the travel protections that are built in. It also has primary rental car insurance. It's a good, it's a good gateway card to get you into this hobby. No, it's a um, good starting point. I think that's the thing is like, it's, it's really easy to use, whether you're going to uh, do a portal booking, whether you're going to transfer to partners, however you use these points. There's really no way you can lose with this offer. And right. I think that's really the big, the big pointer here is that if you, no matter what you do, and if you haven't had uh, a Chase Sapphire preferred in the past, uh, and you haven't received a bonus in the past 48 months, you would be eligible to get this card or get this card again. So you can definitely make use of it. And of course, like you said, I love Hyatt, but 
you know, there are a lot of other ways that these points can be utilized. So another way you can do that, and this is kind of where I am on the fence with this. I, like you mentioned the 48 months on the sign up bonus. I got the Chase Sapphire Reserve when it first launched back in, gosh, what, 2017, 20, something like that. I don't know. So I've had it for a while. I had my Safari deposit on that card. And as, as we all know, the Safari kept getting pushed back and pushed back. So I couldn't downgrade that card. I had to keep it open for the travel protections. And so I am at the point now, Safari's over. I have shifted all of my bookings to another card that has built-in travel protections, my Ritz card, no longer available to new applicants. Um, but it, so now it's like, okay, do I go ahead and downgrade my CSR to a Chase Freedom, the original one that still earns ultimate rewards and has the quarterly bonus categories, also not available to new applicants, and then reapply for a Chase Sapphire Preferred myself or not? And I'm, I'm still debating on whether to do that because my problem is I have probably bumped up against all the limit of credit that Chase is willing to extend to me. And it's it makes me nervous that I would close that card or downgrade it as actually and then not have one. I'd still have the benefits and I have an old ink plus also not available to new applicants that um, can I could transfer to partners, but I don't know. It really makes me nervous to do it. So are you guys thinking about it? Yeah, no, I'm not in position to be able to do that. I got the CSP uh, when it was a hundred K offer a little about a year and a half ago or so. And uh, my wife is uh, still probably six months away from being eligible on downgrading her CSR. And that card, I I really don't want to lose the benefits yeah. with the priority pass that I have with that. So I certainly could always upgrade my CSP to a CSR if it came to it, down to it. But we're still many months away from that. Well, and that and that's the thing to think about is I could go ahead and try and do this and see if they'd give me another card. And worst case scenario, you know, I upgrade back up to the CSP if I have to, just so I have it. Because P2 got one, the same as you, when it was a 100K offer. So he's he's nowhere near eligible to get another one of these. So I don't know. Inquiring minds want to know. We'll think about it. Yeah, we've got a, two other things to talk about. And uh, one of them is on the Award Wallet blog. I won't dig real deep into this, but uh, there's a great post there about booking Emirates First Class if you ever wanted to do that. I am trying to get Emirates First Class on the A380. I have the Fifth Freedom route, which is from a non-hub uh, in Europe. So it's Milan to JFK in New York. And I am currently in business class with my dad, but I'm waiting to see if some of those awards open up and for just 30,000 points per person, no, uh, no other additional cash, I can move both of us from business class to first class. There's currently only two seats sold, so I'm kind of hoping that I have decent chance at it, but there are auto upgrades you can select in your reservation to be notified if that becomes available. And then, of course, you do have to have those points, which come from just about everywhere. Emirates is one of those that takes points from just about all of the different issuers. And then we have uh, new choice sweet spots. So this is one of those things where choice awards, uh, choice rewards for some of the different hotels you can choose. They have discounted options. Uh, one of the we had a one that I took advantage of actually last month. Uh, I took my wife for a date night. We have a second one in Ohio. I can't believe it. There's like usually 12, 12 to 20 properties that 
will offer this discounted rate that's, you know, anywhere between 10 and, and 30, 40% off the award. So, uh, there's another one, not anywhere I'm planning to go, but if you happen to be in one of those areas, do check those out. And again, we'll keep a link for that in the show notes. So trip updates, Angie, what do we've got? So I did the spirit status match that we talked about in the last podcast. Not so much because I fly spirit a lot. I don't. I don't think I've flown them since my family went to Costa Rica back in, I don't know, 2009 or something like that. It's been a while. But the opportunity to be able to maybe match to something else for an airline that I do fly, it was worth it. So I matched my Hilton diamond status for my Aspire card and I've got Spirit Gold. And I went on, you know, flight connections and I looked to see, oh, where all does, you know, Spirit fly out of my home airport? And they fly to a ton of places. You know, of course, I saw one that was, oh, you know, look, I could go visit Allison Caraway, our, our other admin, $34. Well, yeah, I can't find a $35 <laughs> flight, but apparently some point it did exist. But anyway, I have nothing booked for June and it's kind of making me a little antsy here. So <laughs> I'm trying to find something I can do where I can maybe use that new spirit status and check it out and see how this works. How about you? Yeah, so uh, I've been on hiatus for the last three months. It's been over 90 days since I've been in an airport. And, uh, you know, a couple, I did, I think, one or two nights away with my wife. And uh, we did some very small little things. But I have been grounded for the past three months uh, with just changes in plans. We kept having changes in plans and things that kept changing. And we talked last week, I was trying to put a Florida trip together that was a uh, trip that we had booked once before and canceled because it my daughter's at school activities. So her school activities turned out she had an orchestra concert that was scheduled while we were originally booked to be gone. And then I tried to move it. And it's just like it was too, too stressful, too hard to put all that together. So I just canned plans and I was like, ah, oh, you know, I, we got Cleveland meetup coming up. So that's the first thing. And, and, uh, once that hits, uh, it, it, there's trip after trip. I mean, there's hardly, uh, a week, you know, in between any other trip. I think I, it's like basically from there all the way through July, I've got a trip after a trip after a trip with maybe a week in between all I'm the so way jealous. through. So <laughs> lots of stuff coming up. I'll have lots of stuff to talk about on the podcast. But in the meantime, I got an invitation from one of our former guests uh, in Award Travel 101. We did a, a live with Randy Peterson, who owns and operates Boarding Area. Yeah. To come visit the Freddies in D.C. And um, I'm really excited. By the time this ep air episode airs, the awards will have been announced. But we'll talk more about that uh, maybe next episode and who won and, and whether those were deserving of the attention that they are receiving. So what are the Freddies? I've heard the term before, but some of our listeners may not have. So the Freddies are like uh, an award ceremony for awards and loyalty programs. <laughs> so if you thought you've heard of the Oscars or, or the Tonys, it's uh it's the, the Freddies are for all the loyalty programs that we either love to hate and, uh, you know, it's something that I've never attended, but I've seen a lot of people in the field uh, post pictures and and blog about in the past. So I'm kind of excited that this will be my first opportunity there. And I've kind of heard that this is perhaps his last uh, his last hurrah in hosting the event. So oh, fun. I can't wait to hear about it. That'll be awesome. 
So let's talk about bonuses we got. And uh, we have the segment, what bonuses did we get? Angie, uh, you had a good data point here. Yes, I did. So I mentioned last week that I had applied for the Chase Boundless card and I was anxiously awaiting it so that I could pay you know, for my oven installer and all these other things and my car insurance payment. And sure enough, got off the podcast that day after recording it and it showed up in the mail. So called in, made my car insurance payment and I can log into Chase and see that bing, their points are pending already. So that guy's done. So I'm like... I don't have a card now. And I had received an email from Chase. He's saying, oh, you know, you need to apply for a Chase Income Limited. Look how it would help you. I, and as I mentioned earlier, I am I am really bumped up against the limit that Chase is going to give me. Pretty much every time I apply for a card requires a call to recon to get it approved. So I'm like, well, what the heck? They sent me the email. Let's let's give it a try. So I sent the email. You know, I, I applied from the email. I didn't use a link. I didn't use a referral or anything like that. And of course it went, got the, you know, we'll let you know. And uh, about two days later, I got the email that said, Oh, you're approved. Yay. And I was like, so excited. And then I logged into my Chase account because it said I had a notice and letter and I thought it was going to be the same thing that like, yay, we approved you for your Chase Unlimited. No, it was to tell me that they took credit limit from my two ink cash cards to give me a Chase Inc. Unlimited. And I would much prefer to have my credit limit on my ink cash cards so I can go buy gift cards at Office Depot and Staples when they are on sale for 5X. So I'm getting a chunk of points out of it, which is nice, but but now I've got to decide what I'm going to do long-term if I want to probably not hold on to that card forever. I think basically you can just eventually move that credit back and they may even give you a bump at some point, but you could probably move it around as as however it's going to suit you for the future. So yeah. that's not something I, I ran into the same thing as we were talking just before we got started here that they had taken away from me and I hadn't seen those notices. So if I got them, maybe I did, but normally they used to be a lot clearer about sending those. And uh, maybe it's just that they're hitting my electronic file and I don't pay attention to it. Right those notices. So, but I, I've only found out after the lengthy recon call that I had to get my ink cash. And I went to, I said, Hey, just take it from this card. It has, you know, plenty of credit. And when she told me how much I had, I said, wait a minute, that's not what the card was approved with. And I, right. I know that uh, the card had lots more. So what happened? And sure enough, uh, in a few of the other more recent approvals that I've received, they had pulled credit from there. So, okay. Have you gotten any new cards recently? Yeah, so I was getting kind of bummed because, uh, you know, I have something planned out for for finishing up my wife's on her Ink Unlimited. I knocked out, as I mentioned in a few episodes ago, a one and done on my Ink Cash that uh, it came in and I knocked out a tax payment. So that was done. And then I was like, well, what do I do next? I've got a couple of <laughs> things com coming up. We've got some expenses coming up for the Cleveland meetup. We've got... I've got an expense for a trip that I'm taking with my dad. So we're looking to book some tours in Croatia. And I, I know that those are probably going to be kind of costly. And then, of course, you've got the other things like, you know, home things. My my daughter's uh, was just found out that she needs braces. And there's all these expenses coming up. So I was like, I've been, I've been he hemming and hawing about this Amex business gold card that has a 130,000 point bonus. And I'd even went and found a link that 
pulled it up and then I went to apply and boom, 70 K. Yep. I was like, what happened? Well, that's you know, where did that it. go? So <laughs> I, I started thinking, looking around and instead I did what we tell people to do is I started checking different browsers. I checked incognito mode and I tried some different things and eventually I got it to pull back up at 1.30 and boom, I pressed that button so quick to apply. <laughs> and uh, one of the good things about Amex is that if you are a long-standing customer with good history, uh, you are able to get approved for cards without them actually even pulling your credit. I've never once received any kind of notice. Normally you get Chase, Amex, Discover, whoever sending you ding, 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 you know, notice after notice as soon as you go to pull that credit. And uh, not one thing came through, but two days later, I had that gold card in hand and 130,000 Amex business gold. The only problem was is that one of the big expenses I had planned to utilize and this is something you need to consult your financial person, your accountant to determine how you can utilize this. If you're going to use a business card on a personal expense. You have to find a way to account for that and make sure that it's um, not going to impact you from a negative standpoint with mm -hmm. the IRS. And so I, I had that big expense that I'd planned to use it for, and I know I would just reimburse the business for it. But the uh, dentist office, I went back and read the bill and they don't take Amex. So now uh. I have to apply for another one. And, and it, <laughs> I am bumped up against Chase too. So uh, I would not be looking to apply for it myself. I would be using P2 account. I was looking at how we've, uh, you know, how many cards we've applied for and, and the things that we've done this quarter so far and this first three, four months of the year. And really, that leads us right into our highlight and main feature, which was from Scott Fosmer. And uh, it was a really basic question, but very interesting question mm -hmm. in the Award Travel 101 community, which I'll link into the show notes. And it was, how often do you all apply for a new credit card? So Angie, what is your go-to model for how often you apply? Gosh, well, kind of like what you're running up against and what I have recently too, is you never let a sub go to waste or an opportunity for a sub. If you know you have a major expense coming up, you definitely want to get a new card for it because that that's the easiest way to knock out a minimum spend is, you know, I've got car insurance, boom, I'm done. I've got a new oven, boom, I'm done. That kind of thing. I've got braces. Oh, sorry, you're not done. <laughs> <laughs> and you won't be done for a while with those. So I always try and get a new card when I have a major expense coming up. Otherwise, I'm not what's called a churner. I don't open and close cards strictly for the bonuses. There Certainly, there are a couple of cards I've opened strictly for the bonus. You know, hello, seven Amex Platinum cards here. <laughs> but And several of those will be closed. But for the most part, I open a card because I, I want the bonus. I'm not going to open a card that doesn't have one, but I want it for the long-term value that it offers. So I, with P2, I will try and stagger it like every 90 days. I don't like to stress myself out if I don't have a major expense. I don't want to worry about, oh my God, what am I going to do? I'm going to hit this minimum spend. So I don't want multiple cards at one time. Sadly, we spend enough money on maintenance on the house and, you know, grocery shopping and Amazon that I can hit a normal minimum spend in the 90 day window. So I'll stagger it. I'll get one and then I'll have him get one and then I'll get one and have him get one. 
And I've been trying to do a lot more business cards and I do use them for personal expenses. And, you know, the, the way our accounting works over here, it's not an issue, but, you know, in a, in a normal year, two per each of us. So four cards a year, I think is what we're doing. I've got a, I've got a healthy stash of points and miles at this point across all currencies. It was kind of relaxing after I hit that, all those minimum spends that I was working on to be like, oh, I'm just going to pull my double cash out now and use this for my my 2X points and go to the grocery store today. And it's like, oh, here, here's my Amex gold again. You haven't seen the light of day in a while because <laughs> I'm still waiting for the Chase Inc. Unlimited to show up. And so I don't know. There's something kind of relaxing about not working on a new card. Yeah, I have to say I have three cards that I, I tend to go towards uh, when I'm not working on a minimum spend. And even then, if you want to look at those particular three cards, in an alternative universe of sorts, you could say that I'm still working on a minimum spend when I go to those three cards. And uh, I, I say those three cards, I actually have four of the one. So the American Airlines Advantage cards, and I have two business and two consumer American cards. And when I'm not working on a sub on those, I'm looking to put spend so that I can earn loyalty points and get status and get to give, status. you know, something to my family to be able to travel better, enhance our process through the airport, whether it's getting on the plane sooner or getting better seats, upgrades, uh, extended legroom, whatever it may be. So I'm, I'm putting spend on an American card. Same thing with the Hilton card. So I have the Hilton Surpass. I once had the Aspire, but I did downgrade that to a Surpass card because it fit me better at the time. And uh, that card earns a uh, an uncapped free night award certificate after you spend $15,000. So, you know, I'm always looking to add to that to get to that $15,000 mark and get myself a free night because those free nights can be pretty valuable if you uh, use them in the right places. The last one that I used, in fact, I used two of them last year and the combined total of those two free night award certificates, if I had had to pay cash for them at the time was like $2,400. Oh, wow. So, I mean, that's a, a pretty significant savings when you're looking at a, an award certificate. And then, of course, is the world of Hyatt card. And the consumer card also earns a free night award certificate after $15,000 spend. And of course, you're earning elite night credits towards status with Hyatt as well. So those are the three programs that I tend to go to when I'm not working on a minimum spend. But yeah, that's, uh, you know, every four or uh, every three to four months is typically my uh, timeline as well over the you know past few years, although this year has been somewhat exceptional. Right. Yeah. Well, Amex has been throwing out you know, offers right and left. And it's really hard not to take advantage of this. And plus, unfortunately, I've had quite a few major expenses that I've had to deal with. So it's like, oh, oh, we need a card for this. It killed me the other day um, on tax day when P2 was filing everything. First of all, I was off playing golf when he went in and, you know, signed back up for TurboTax. And I'm like, <gasps> We've got a TurboTax offer on Amex. He used the wrong card, <laughs> but it was under the $100 limit. So he didn't call me to confirm. And I'm like, all right, let it go, let it go. And I hadn't gotten a new card in hand to be able to pay the tax bill. You yeah. know, he does all of our taxes and he hadn't let us know that we were going to owe anything this year. And so I'm sitting there looking at it going, oh, this hurts. And I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself. I just, I don't like to pay a fee 
unless I'm working on a minimum spend. So it was like, yeah, all right. That's so painful. It was so painful. Yeah, no, it, mine uh, was $111. I paid 6000 even. And uh, I have actually a refund from 2022. So my court first year quarterly payment uh, was actually less than what my total refund is. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, I knocked it out and uh, I made a good advance on what I'm going to owe for the year. So that was a nice way to do it and just be done with it. And that's yeah. the thing. It's like, I know a lot of people say, well, would you have been able to do it without that? And the answer is yes, I would have been able to do it without it. But now that accelerated what I'm able to do because I paid $111. I knocked it out in one shot. And now I'm already working on the next one and probably the next one after that, you know, once I figure out how we're going to proceed with the next card for what we're going to use to pay for my daughter's braces. Well, and if you look at what you could do with the points that you earn for that $111, you're going to buy a plane ticket or a hotel room that is valued at so much higher than that. It, it's like I try to show people this, you know, when they get their head mindset on something like, no, 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 I can't do it. And again, I will, I will certainly pay a fee if I'm working on a minimum spend. It's a hard thing for me to justify it if it's just a 2X card. Right. But if I'm getting a big whopping 60,000, 80,000, 130,000 points by paying, paying $111, it's certainly worth it because those points will take me far. Yeah. I don't see any way that 96,000 ultimate reward points gets me anywhere close to $111 at that low. I mean, right. we're, we're talking about something that probably is going to net me value, as, at least in terms of what the retail costs are on it, in excess of $2,000. So, right. you know, yeah. two to $3,000 worth of return on face value. Now, again, I could use those in other ways and I certainly could book through portals and, you know, we had a, a Facebook live yesterday with Ed Sanders, which I'll link in as well, which talked about different ways to look at booking and I could use a portal CSR. So at a bare minimum, we're talking almost $1,500 still. Right. It's worth it. So with that, you know, at what point is enough enough? Because like I said, normally uh, we're looking at it and saying, you know, my wife and I, uh, she's averaged about one card a year since we first got into this and I've averaged three or four cards per year. And this year we're already at eight cards. She's applied for two. <laughs> I've applied for uh, six and actually I applied for seven and was not approved on one of them, but I've been approved for six new cards so far this year from uh, about 90 days back. So 90 days back, I picked up six cards and I'm get looking to get the next one still. And generated well over a million points, which based on my estimates and how I value points and how I intend to use them is over $31,000 worth of points. Yeah. Is that That's enough? Crazy. Should I stop? No. <laughs> I'm not a hoarder at all, but I like to make certain that I have, we talked about this previously, book early, book often. If you can have points in multiple currencies and you're able to take advantage of deals. You're able to do some speculative bookings. I still haven't canceled my Switzerland flights yet. So I know I'm going to end up with points in United, but I don't miss those points because I had them. So, I mean, at some point you get to the point where you're like, okay, this is crazy. I will never in a million years use all these points, but I'd like the opportunity to try. <laughs> but I'm not hoarding them. I am saving them for specific things. 
I want to go to Australia and New Zealand next year. Got to get P2 on board with this one. And I will not fly that long of a flight in economy. It's just not happening. And I know Ed's uh, <laughs> live last night was all that. I'm this tall and I fly economy. I'm like, I'm happy for you. You can have my seat. I'm, I'm old and I need to lie flat seat for a long flight. So I have accumulated points in a lot of different things to open up all of my possibilities and opportunities and chances of scoring a decent flight. And if I can't score a decent flight, I will pay more to have that lie flat seat because I have a surplus of points. Yeah, no, the uh, having a lot of balances. And that's the thing It's like, I only got award points in four currencies. And a lot of people, as you said, there are people who churn through cards and apply for card after card after card after card. And I don't have my points super spread out. I do have them spread out a little bit, but I only earned in Chase, Amex, American Airlines, and United. And between those four currencies, you know, the majority of my points came through ultimate rewards and membership rewards. Membership by rewards by far uh, exceed all others in just how many are able to be accessed through sign up bonuses, through Rakuten, through referrals, through this, that, and the next thing. I have a lot of opportunities to generate those, but the flexible point currencies and with a family of four that I'm having to travel with many times, you know, those points can go away really quickly. Right. Yeah. At least for the most part, I'm only booking for one, maybe two, if he does decide to leave the house and go with me. So my points go a whole lot farther, which means I can splurge a little bit more and spend more. I don't have to, I don't have to be quite the penny pincher and you know, really search for the cheapest option that there is out there. And as we talked with Ed yesterday, you know, each of these situations is different. So, you know, what works for me may not work for you. You know, I've taken years to get to this point. You know, I've generated lots of points through these bonuses this year. It's not something I typically do, but you have to know the rules for what's going to work as well. And you have to make sure that you fall within those. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself consistently getting denied. And that's not something you want uh, on your report either. You don't want a million applications that go nowhere. Right. So you want to make sure that you're applying and timing it right. I've, I've often said I ride the 524 fence. Sometimes I'm over, sometimes I'm under. And I, I do that because there's often a chase card that has something interesting to me. And uh, I transfer all my points over to Hyatt. So you know, those are the things that are important to know. We'll make sure we link in some rules from Award Wallet about all the different issuers to uh, make sure everyone is on the up and up as to what the uh, conventions are for making sure that you don't get into trouble. So with that, uh, we're almost wrapped up here today. And there is a, a feature that we like to discuss called what you didn't know. And Angie, did you know about today's what you didn't know feature? I did not. Tell us about it. So I was listening to another uh, podcast run by Greg <laughs> and Nick at the Frequent Miler, and they had a little segment on talking about ways to burn up some credits. And I, I thought this one was particularly interesting on how to burn the Aspire credit. So you know, a lot of people ask, well, I'm not staying at a hotel or I haven't stayed at a resort because this is specifically a resort credit. So while right. there's, you know, 6,500, 7,000 different Hilton hotels, 
there are select hotels that it can be used. I think it's less than 400. Is that correct? It's 200 something. It's pretty small. I mean, and that's, and that's worldwide. Luckily where I live, you know, I'm in, (laughs) I'm an hour from the mouse and an hour, a half hour from the beach. I I do have Hilton resorts that are on that list. It's a specific list too, that you have to refer to, even if it has the name resort in the name of the property, it doesn't mean that it's on that resort list, which is just silly, but it is what it is. So the Hilton Aspire uh, is one of those cards that a lot of people in the community find value in with the fact that its credits exceed the annual fee, at least for the time being. So right. Uh, right. We, we've heard uh, rumors that there may be something in the works to change that. But right now, you get a $250 airline credit, incidental credit, and you get a $250 resort credit for a card that has a $450 annual fee. So some people view that as such as being a $50 profit card, in addition it to is. the free night award that you get with it, which I talked about earlier, how you know I was able to redeem two of them for you know, on average, 1200 bucks a pop last year. And uh, then whatever points you earn from that. And of course, it comes with diamond status. So now you're at the top of the chain there. But if you go to the front desk, so if you're maybe you're staying at a Marriott, maybe you're staying at Choice, maybe you're staying at Hyatt, and there's a Hilton Resort near wherever you're staying. And you said, hey, you know, that Hilton Resort has a restaurant or they have a spa that maybe I want to visit while I'm here in town. You can use your $250 Aspire credit by stopping at the front desk and opening a house account, which is effectively like booking a room without a room. So that gives them the ability to charge the Aspire. You're putting your card on that folio and then they're charging the folio. And then that dining experience, that spa experience can be charged back as a resort credit. Ah, tricky, tricky. I've wondered if I could drive over to the Hilton on Clearwater Beach and buy a gift card at the front desk if that would trigger it, but it's too far to drive just to test <laughs> that out. Mostly because, you know, I'm, I'm a princess and I don't like to drive very far. Well, the next time you're there, though, you have to try it. I got to try that. I will say the best massage I have ever had in my life was at a Hilton resort out in Scottsdale. Oh my gosh, this guy used to work like for a hockey team or something like that. He, I tell you, butter. I felt amazing after that massage. That was the best use of that resort credit ever in my life. And we'll leave a link into the Frequent Miler podcast, their on-air podcast, because that was a a really neat tip. And uh, it's why you, you always are scanning for new deals and new ways to utilize these things. So That was something I thought was an interesting find and share. And Angie, we're wrapped up for today. So where can everyone find you if they have any questions about what we've discussed today? Well, we are in the Award Travel 101 Facebook community all day, every day, lots of times. And we are at almost 93,000 members by this time. It's crazy. We also have our advanced, sort of award travel 201 community it has open postings you can get immediate answers to questions get a free award wallet plus subscription when you join it and access first access to any meetups that we might have and any tips that pop up you can join us there you have a personalized booking service or not so much a booking service but a personalized service to kind of help with strategies on consultations that's what they are that's the word i'm looking for 
so we can help you like overall with what award travel is and how to do it and how to play the game and what the goal what your goals are we can also do a session on a personalized credit card strategy so you know here are the cards you have and maybe what you should be opening for the next year and down the road in addition we can help show you how to do an award travel research i had a member yesterday that i worked with her on that and showed her a bunch of the tools that we use regularly and we didn't necessarily find you know some great deal while we were searching but it was more she's like okay learning how to do it herself and you know the best way to to learn redemptions is to practice it and know what these tools are and how to do it so the award travel one-on-one -on -one sessions can really help with that you can email us at contactawardtravel at gmail.com and we have meetups. So we have our Cleveland meetup coming up in the beginning of May, but it is sold out, which is a shame because it's going to be a lot of fun. But we also have one in August up in Minnesota and we do have still have space available for that. And we've got some cool speakers and presentations that are going to be going on as well as fun. Yeah, always lots of things to learn from these. And this is where people really find the most value because you can uh, more openly discuss some of the things that we don't always discuss here in the Award Travel 101 community, that uh, you can make those connections, build your network. And if you have uh, questions on that, uh, you can certainly contact either Angie, me or Allison. We can certainly answer those questions for you and get registered and we'll let everybody know that we also have JT, one of our previous uh, guests on the Award Travel 101 podcast, also the editor for Award Wallet and editor in chief for Award Wallet. <laughs> and he will be one of our speakers at that event. So give you a heads up on that. There's always a ton of things you can learn from JT. And if you're looking to support us, go ahead, use our links, find our, our credit cards and and use that creator link that we share in the show notes when applying for your next card. So thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Award Travel 101 podcast, and we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye. Have a good day.